1: Defeating anxiety and worry, how to reconcile Eastern medicine approaches with Christianity, and a whole lot more. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lauren. Hi, everyone.
0: If you've been injured
1: in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's
0: potentially worth.
1: Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now, 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states.
0: Today, I am starting a new series that is on prayer. So this first one is just on the topic of why pray. We live in a fallen world where bad, evil things happen, and they are not God's fault. More on how that fits in with the concept of biblical sovereignty in the podcast called Why Bad Things Happen from a Biblical Perspective, which I'll link in the show notes. The bottom line of all of that is that we are now in enemy-occupied territory, Jesus conquered the enemy when he rose from the dead, and he took the keys of Hades with him. Revelation 1 verse 18 tells us that. Uh, It says, this is Jesus speaking, I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. But he hasn't yet taken possession of the earth he won back, because first peter three nine says he is not slow concerning his promises as son count slowness, but he is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So it's still the case that because God gave the earth to men, he cannot legally intervene himself without a man on the inside. He needs a human to invite him to intervene. Just like a landlord can't enter a property he's leased to someone else without an explicit invitation. Yet God wants us to to bring his kingdom and his will on the earth. That's why Jesus included thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven in his template prayer when the disciples asked him to teach them, teach them to pray. Um, and then let me look that up. That's in Matthew. of course um Matthew 6 um and then verses 9 so um actually let me back up a little bit um So this is Jesus speaking to the disciples on prayer. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets and that they, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward, but you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory for ever. Amen. So prayer is the only way that God can intervene on earth legally. That's why prayer is so important. So a little bit more on how and what to pray. Jesus' model prayer teaches us the components that I just read and structure of a good prayer. It gives us the principles. So our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So we start with praise and with how big and awesome God is before we ever say anything about our problem then your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven this is the very broad strokes recommendation that prayer is about letting god do what he wants to do in the earth but he needs us to partner with him in order to do it then give us our this day our daily bread so this is the specifics of the above as they pertain to you Later in that same chapter, Jesus made the point that if you keep your focus on His kingdom, He'll just take care. He'll take care of the rest of the little details of what you need anyway. And that was in uh, Matthew six verse thirty-three, which is, "But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you." Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And then he says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. I think Jesus included the request of forgiveness because he was still teaching the disciples at the, the tail end of the Old Covenant. We don't have to pray this part anymore. Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. We know that from First John 2, uh, verse 2, that says, and he himself is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Um, but we are still to forgive others for their sins against us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So putting this together with what James says in James 1, verses 13 to 15. And let me go find that and I'll read it in a second. Okay, Um, James 1... Thirteen to fifteen. Let no one say when he is tempted, "I am tempted by God." For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does He Himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Um, then, when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and, to, and sin, when it is full-grown, brings forth death. So. It says, God doesn't tempt us, but when we are tempted, it's our own desires that entice us and lead us away to sin and death. Paul also tells us that when this happens, God will make a way of escape. He says that in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. But James says in James 4, verse 7, that it's up to us to take it. Uh, That verse says, uh, therefore, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And so it's up to us to take it with God's help for and then back to the, uh, the template prayer for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever so this template prayer starts and ends with praise uh, because that's the attitude of faith focusing on how big and magnificent God is rather than on the size of our problems later in his ministry Jesus clarified for assuredly I say to you this is Mark 11 23 to 24 for assuredly I say to you whoever says to this mountain be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that those things he says will be done he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. That's the key to powerful, effective prayer. Believe first, then receive. Scripture qualifies this promise elsewhere. You can't name and claim just anything in prayer by using this verse. James tells us that if we ask and we do not receive, it might be because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. That's James 4 verse 3. John tells us in 1 John 5, 14 to 15, and this is the confidence we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we already possess what we asked of him. Paul tells us in Romans 10, verse 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The scriptures with the promise for what you are believing for are your seeds. So that's coming from the parable in Matthew 13, 18 to 23. So um, I believe this is the section where Jesus is uh, explaining to his disciples the parable of the sower. Um, So this is Matthew 13. Sorry, let me find it. One second. Okay, Matthew thirteen, eighteen to 23 says, Therefore hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked wood comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. So again, the seed was, was what we saw in the parable. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet it has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who received seed among the thorns is he who hears the word, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. But he who received seed on the ground, good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and, some, and produces, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. So, um, The scriptures with the promise for what you are believing for are your seeds. They tell you what God wants for you, for those you love, for the world around you. Your part is to hear that word and ask and believe God for it. In so doing, you're planting that in your heart, that word. Then you have to make sure that that little seed is well tended and cared for. It isn't choked out by the cares of the world or the deceitfulness of riches. If you keep it in the midst of your heart, then it will become life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. That's Proverbs 4 verse 22. If you can find the promise in Scripture for what you're asking for, then you don't have to beg God to give it to you in the spirit realm Ephesians one three tells us that it's already ours, so let me go read that one second uh. Okay. Ephesians one verse three says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ." So it's already yours, waiting for you to claim it. There, like it's in escrow. That's why you have to have faith that it's coming, but you do have to ask for. So Matthew seven eight is the one, the ask, seek, knock uh, scripture, and James four two is part of that same passage that's saying you need to ask for what you want. Um, so, let me go find that James four uh verse two, you lust and do not have, you murder and covet and cannot obtain you fight and war yet you do not have because you do not ask. Paul taught this same pattern for prayer in Philippians 4, 4 4-8. He writes, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, Rejoice. Be anxious for nothing but in everything. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy meditate on these things so we start with rejoicing we end with thanksgiving and we keep our minds stayed on the positive hope of the promises that we're believing for so i hope that was helpful to you thanks for joining me and i'll see you next week
1: thanks for listening to christian natural health this show is run by you so please write in with topic and guest suggestions for future shows For more great content, subscribe to Dr. Lauren's blog at www.drlaurendeville.com or follow her on Facebook or Twitter at Dr. Lauren DeVille. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to share it with your friends and give us a five-star rating in iTunes. It really helps us to stand out so other people can discover great content as well. Have a great week and God bless you.